so how does one determine their income tax liability? Well, you have to ask what's the applicable tax rate and then what is the tax rate applied to? Basically, what what's the tax base? So for taxable years 2018 through 2025, the Internal Revenue Code Section 1J uh, gives the rates for various taxpayers, married individuals filing joint returns, heads of households, unmarried individuals, married individuals filing separate returns. Tax rates um, have varied considerably over the course of the years. Um, an example, a major change in the rates occurred as part of the Tax Reform Act of 1986 when tax rates were significantly reduced. Immediately prior to 1986, the maximum individual income tax rate was 50%, and five years prior to that, the top rate was as high as 70%. Under current law, the maximum rate for individuals is 37%. Although there is a 28% maximum rate on net capital gain income and a 20% cap on adjusted net capital gain, the income levels at which the higher rates apply vary according to the taxpayer's filing status. So the appropriate tax rate is applied to the quote-unquote taxable income of the taxpayer. When in calculating the taxpayer's taxable income, the five questions that we were going to answer in are like define what, what taxable income. So basically, section 63 defines taxable income. And section 63B says that for individuals who do not itemize their deductions, the term taxable income means adjusted gross income minus one, the standard deduction, two, the deduction for personal exemptions provided in section 151, and three, the deduction provided in section 199A. For all other taxpayers, taxable income means gross income minus the deductions allowed by this chapter. So, but what, like, what is gross income? Well, let's define it. Gross income, Except as otherwise provided, gross income means all income from whatever source derived, including but not limited to the following. Compensation for services, gross income derived from a business, gains derived from prop dealings in property, interest, rent, royalties, dividends, annuities, income from life insurance and endowment contracts, pensions, income from discharge of indebtedness, Dis distributive share of partnership gross income, income in respect of a decedent, and income from an interest in an estate or trust. So since gross income is defined as all income, it, it's not particularly a helpful definition. Um, and courts have kind of gone back and forth with the meaning of gross income. And um, they, they expand the definition a little bit. So, um, anyway, there's this thing called adjusted gross income, but let me go through like a little example of how to figure out like, uh, gr gross income. So let's just say we have a taxpayer that's self-employed as a financial consultant and they have a business that's unincorporated. And this year, 
this taxpayer receives $130,000 in checks and $15,000 in cash as compensation for her consulting services. The taxpayer is owed $15,000 from clients for consulting services she provided during the year. And the taxpayer receives $5,000 in interest on corporate bonds and bank deposits. So based on these three items, what would you determine that is the gross income for, for the year of this taxpayer? You got it yet? So the answer is this. The $145,000 in cash and checks represents gross receipts from the consulting business and is includable in gross income under Section 61. But the costs, if any, incurred by the taxpayer in producing these receipts can't be deducted um, in computing the gross income because Section 61 says nothing, um, nothing about net income. So although not taken into account in computing the gross income, um, the cost the taxpayer incurred in her consulting business may be deductible. And if it is, it will be taken into account when you compute her adjusted gross income and ultimately the taxable income. So basically, Whether the $15,000 that sh- that the taxpayer is owed from clients for work um, that she performed during that year is, are we going to include that in her gross income depends on the method of accounting. So if she is a, uh, a cash method taxpayer, she's not required to include the 15k in the gross income. If she's a cruel method taxpayer, then yeah, she's uh, the 15k is included as gross income currently because it was earned in this year. And so um, just for purposes of this example, I assume the taxpayer um, uses the cash method and does not include the 15k in the gross income, then um, the 5,000 in interest is obviously gross income. And you can look to section 61A4. So then her, then the taxpayer's gross income thus comes to $150,000 because you take $145,000 plus the $5,000 she accrued in interest, which gives us $150,000. So just really quickly, I want to say that we assumed for that hypo, the taxpayer was using the cash method. So really quickly, I want to go over the taxpayer received 130,000 in checks and 15k in cash as compensation for her services, right? So I mean, I'm no, I'm no math person, but I think that brings us to $145,000. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, And then Remember, she re- the taxpayer received five thousand in interest on corporate bonds and banks and stuff. So whatever. So that's one hundred forty-five thousand plus five thousand, which brought us to her gross income of one hundred fifty thousand. Because because she was using that cash meth- cash method of a- of accounting, we didn't include the fifteen thousand dollars that she was still owed for the consulting um, services. So that's how we got to the one hundred fifty because. We did not include in her income as that year that additional 
$15,000. So we took 130 plus 15,145 and we added the 5,000 interest to get to um, the gross income. So I know I've talked about adjusted gross income on top of gross income. So if we go back to the example we just used, we just figured out that the taxpayer's gross income for the year was $150,000. Now the next step is what is the adjusted gross income? And section 62 defines adjusted gross income as gross income minus certain deductions. Um, so in general, only the deductions listed in section 62 are taken into account when we compute adjusted gross income. So there's two categories of deductions. Um, the first category is enumerated in section 62, which a taxpayer takes into account in determining their adjusted gross income. These are referred to as the above the line deductions. Um, the second category are, is, is the below the line deduction and that is when um, the taxpayer takes into an, into account after the adjusted gross income has been already determined so I'm sorry that it, it is a little bit complex shit but I mean it's worth knowing adjusted gross income um, prior to 1944 taxpayers just itemized all of their deductions all of their allowable business expenses and personal deductions had to be listed separately on the tax return um, in the early years of modern american tax history this required itemization um, the, this required the itemization was manageable from an administrative standpoint because relatively few people were filing returns as you recall earlier i was saying when tax first started there not everyone was required to file a return and so um in the early 1940s when the united states adopted this mass system of taxation the required itemization of all deductions was viewed as really burdensome not only for the taxpayer to complete the return but also for the irs when they reviewed the tax returns filed so in 1944 as part of the tax simplification act congress decided in lieu of itemizing their personal deductions that taxpayers should be given a standard deduction so in effect congress would just assume all taxpayers had incurred a certain amount of deductible personal expenses so if a taxpayer chose to use the standard deduction the taxpayer could deduct that spe specified amount by congress regardless of whatever deductible person expenses they actually had um, all taxpayers, however, would be allowed to deduct their trader business expenses and many investment expenses, regardless of whether they elected the standard deduction. The standard deduction um, was created largely or intended largely to eliminate the itemizing of deductible personal expenses. Um, so Congress, I'm sorry, <laughs> Congress, they prov initially provided the standard deduction um, as like a percentage of the income determined after taking into an account like a trader business expense, but before taking into account deductible personal expenses. Um, however, 
the measure of gross income less business expenses to which the standard deduction percentage could be applied it it was just like not working so congress created an interim measure known as adjusted gross income beginning in 1944 um, with the act the, the taxpayer would compute taxable income by deducting business expenses from gross income the resulting figure was the taxpayer's adjusted gross income the taxpayer would then elect to either itemize other deductions or to take the standard deduction. Disregarding the personal exemption available, the taxpayer's taxable income then equaled the difference between the adjusted gross income and either the taxpayer's itemized deductions or the standard deduction. Note that the standard deduction under current law is a set dollar amount that is adjusted annually for inflation rather than a percentage of adjusted gross income. Now, I'm just going to say AGI for adjusted gross income. Um, it it just continues to serve like as like this line between the above the line deduction and the below line deductions, and it's also important because it limits. The deduction for certain personal expenses like charitable deductions and it's used as a basis um, in calculating other tax related amounts. <laughs>